Well, listen, take your Bibles this morning, if you would, turn with me to James chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 2 through 4. I want to speak a message entitled, Halting Hurry. Halting Hurry. But, but more than that, I really want to talk about the idea of patience. Turn to someone and say, be patient. <laughs> there are about three of you that took a deep breath. <laughs> Some of you are all like, man, I'm going home, Lord, I God. How many of you have been driving around town lately? Our winter friends are back. We're glad you're here, but you are giving us a lesson in patience. Amen. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Father, thank you for this time of the word. May we decrease, may you increase. And Lord, for everyone who took a deep breath when I said patience, thank you we're about to grow this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. There's a saying that says, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Yeah. And he'll distract you. Yep. And he'll cause you to focus on the things that don't matter. Someone said distractions are actually the enemy of greatness. And I think that that's true. We often hear it said that patience is a virtue. And it is. As a matter of fact, the early church, when they dealt with the idea of patience, they called it the queen of all virtues. They believed that if a Christian possessed this one virtue, then they could survive anything that ever came against them. And the virtue of patience is exactly what we need to victoriously outlast the pressures and ordeals that we will face in our life. How many of you have faced some pressures and ordeals? But patience is not only a virtue. The Bible tells us that patience is a fruit of the Spirit. That means that as a result of the Holy Spirit's work in our life, that we will be having a life of patience with people, and with situations. One of the reasons that God allows times of testings, times of trials, times of hardship is to teach us patience and to allow patience to do a powerful work in us. What we read said this, the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And I want you to catch this. God never tests your patience. What he does is test your faith to produce patience in your life. God will test what we believe, how we trust him, and our desire to please him in everything. I want you to get this, and I want you to hear me again. God will not test your patience. He will test your faith in order to build patience. You see, there is something about patience that does something in us that nothing else can do. There is a maturity that comes with a life of patience. As a matter of fact, impatience is a sign of immaturity and a sign of a lack of growth and a lack of maturity. Someone said one of the best lessons you can learn in life is to master how to remain calm. And calm is a key component of patience, just like kindness is. 
What is hard is now easy. What we could only stand for a little while, now we can handle a great deal. Where we used to have a bad attitude while waiting, now we joyfully and peacefully endure and persist while we wait. I want to read James 2 again in the Amplified. It says, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience. How many of you know if you're going to have faith, you need to experience some things? How many of you have found God to be faithful? How many of you have experienced his goodness? How many of you have experienced the truth that will never fail you? How many of you have found that he always comes through? If you are, say a good amen. amen. That through experience it produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Forces and let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may perfect and completely develop in your faith Lacking in nothing. Two words that go together with patience are the words endurance and perseverance. Endurance is the physical and mental ability to go the distance. The ability to withstand hardship or adversity, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful event or effort or activity. Perseverance is the emotional willingness Perseverance is a can-do attitude, a continued effort to do or achieve something despite the fact that it's difficult, despite the fact that you may have failure or opposition or setbacks. If you're taking notes, I want you to mark this down. One of the greatest battles that we face is with impatience. Impatience. Any of you battle with impatience here? Greg's got his hand, which surprises me, Greg, because you're one of the most patient people I know. I watch Greg when I'm with him, and he just seems so calm, cool, and collected. Dale's going, no. Now, don't tell on your husband. Come on now. I gotta, you're busting my butt. <laughs> his daughter's going, no. Okay, so Greg, you do a great job with that patience around us. We see it. I get it. Any of you sit in traffic, and if someone isn't moving, like as soon as the light turns red, you're on that horn. I like the horn. I believe horns should be used. Come on, someone say a good amen. I believe if you're looking at your phone and you haven't moved within three seconds of the light turning red, you need to put your foot on the accelerator. Someone say a good amen. <laughs> Listen, in our quest to get things done, in our culture that's always on the move, and that is instant access to everything, we are really not a very patient people. As a matter of fact, we find those who are, those who walk in wisdom, we find them a little odd and a little old-fashioned. Two cardiologists, one named Meyer Friedman and another, Ray Rosenman, coined a term that I discovered through my studies called hurry sickness. And after noticing that many of their patients suffered from having uh, really a sense of urgency all the time, they decided to define hurry sickness as a continuous struggle or an unremitting attempt to accomplish or achieve more and more things or participate in more and more events in less and less time. You found that happening around us? You got to do more, accomplish more. People with hurry sickness they think fast, they talk fast, they act fast, they multitask, they rush against the clock feeling pressured to get things done, and then they get 
flustered by any sign of a problem. If you've ever experienced that, say a good oh me. <laughs> Listen, hurry sick people, I found are conscientious. They work hard. But they struggle to acknowledge the limits of what they could take on. And because of that, they habitually commit to more than they have time for. Listen, all of us have the same 24 hours in a day and the same seven days in a week. But because we live in a culture that is in a state of 24-7 connectedness, it means that we increasingly something, uh, suffer from something that someone called FOMO. Fear of missing out. We're so connected, we're always so attached that we're afraid we're going to miss out on something. We're afraid if we disconnect or turn off or don't know what's the current thing on TV or the current tweet or the current reel or whatever the thing is, that somehow we're missing something. This need to stay available always constantly switched on means that even when we sleep, we're never truly turning off. Today we see being busy as a virtue. But when busyness tips over into hurry sickness, the consequences become severe. You lose your ability to stop and think. You become less effective. Errors creep into your work. And you lose sight of the big picture. And the quality of things begin to suffer. What I found is when you're always in a hurry, one of the things that suffers the most is our relationship with God because we run out of time. Hurry begins to affect even your personal relationships. Go fast. Get more done. You bring that home with you. And it makes it difficult to actually sit and talk and be with your family or to be on the phone and speak with friends. We actually begin to view people as interruptions and hassles instead of those that we have the pleasure and joy of living with and working with and ministering to. Listen, can I tell you this Christmas season, if you need to, slow down. If you have to, don't feel that you got to put up every single decoration. Don't feel that you got to watch every single Hallmark movie. Can I just tell you, they're all the same with different actors. Thank you. That's all they are. You watch a lot of people now because they're always in a hurry dealing with health problems and depression and burnout because your mind is staying locked into a state of overstimulation. It makes you tired, irritable, and hard to relax. My wife's up there going, hmm, I'm preaching to myself this morning. <laughs> Listen, I want you to get this today. So you and Dale need to get together after church and go have a talk. Greg, you and I are going to lunch. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, if you're taking notes, write this down. <laughs> the source of true strength and peace, listen to me, is found in the wait. 
Listen, if you're waiting on people in situations, you're going to get worn down and you're going to get wore out. But if you and I choose to wait on the Lord, the Bible says that we will actually increase in strength and increase in maturity. Isaiah 30, 15 says, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Isaiah 40, 31, we all know. But those who wait on the Lord, say this with me, shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalms 27 to 14 says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You realize strength and maturity cannot be rushed. You don't learn to fly, listen, with eagles by running around like a ground bird. Notice that when eagles aren't flying and soaring, they're actually resting and observing. Actually, you'll find eagles are still. I was amazed when we lived in Okeechobee, we had several families of eagles that would nest on the hundred acres that we had on that, that particular ministry that we were with. And, and they would, when they weren't flying and they weren't hunting, you would just see the eagles sitting on a branch. Just relaxing. Conserving their energy. Looking around. As a matter of fact, they got so used to everybody being around them, they'd just stand there and look at you for a little while. <laughs> I always thought that was fun. Listen, People who are eagles, those who know how to soar, also know how to rest. And you will notice that in strong, mature people, if they aren't soaring, they're not doing anything in much of a hurry. And someone needs to hear this. There's a difference between being busy and being hurried. And the truth is that busy people rarely have time to be in a hurry. Busy doesn't mean overwhelmed. It doesn't mean that you're behind schedule or overcommitted. Being busy means that you are deliberate and patient and that you are prepared to work and it's getting done. Yeah. There are always two types of people when it comes to understanding the beauty and necessity of waiting on God. First, there's I'm so busy I don't have time to pray. And the other is I have so much that I desire to accomplish that I must pray. We need to kind of change the way that we view waiting on God. We no need to look at it the same way as we see sleeping. You see, no matter how much you have to do, you must have it or you'll have no strength. Any of you ever gone through a season where you didn't sleep and you found your strength running out? You found yourself getting irritable, making mistakes, forgetting things? Listen, the same thing happens when you haven't learned that patience and waiting on God. Now watch this. It's when we learn to wait on God that we learn to be patient with people. Listen, when we are impatient, we dishonor others. We treat them as expendable or we get irritated with them. And one of the ways that we show honor to people is to listen to them and to really hear what they're saying. And we must give people the room to learn and to discover and to go for themselves and even to move at their own pace. To be patient with people is to be there to help them kindly and gently as they walk through life and as they fix mistakes or they work through problems and they go through issues. Remember, patience lets people speak. 
It lets them tell their story. It helps them to communicate things in a way that's meaningful to them. And patient means having its perfect work in us that makes us just like God. Have you found that God is extremely patient with people? I can tell you that God has to remind me of that all the time. I like to move. We'll come into into Publix. If I'm pulling in, I want to get parked and get going. And sometimes there'll always just be someone moving a whole lot slower than I'm wanting to go. You ever been there? Yes, sir. And some of them have been some of the older people that have already lived their life well. Some walking with limps, some walking with a cane. And God will just remind you, they're not in irritation. They're not in the way. They're just going shopping. And you need to be kind to them. And not impatient with them. And not rush around them. Smile at them. Open the door for them. Let them go ahead of you. Even if you know you're going to be painfully slow behind them, let them go. And bless them. Listen, that's an important lesson to learn. How many of you are thankful that God is patient with you? You ever been in a place where you're tripping over yourself or you're moving slow or you're just trying to figure it out or you're hurting and you don't know what to do? Hasn't God been kind to you? Let patience have its perfect work. Can I tell you, that's why God hasn't come back yet. He loves people. Most of the time, the reason that we want God to return in the rapture isn't because we're so in love with God that we just need to see him. It's because of our impatience and frustration with people. A lot of times I'll hear Christians go, I'll hear some go, I just can't wait to see Jesus. And you can hear the love that they have for God. There's other people that are really frustrated with the world is, and they're just going, I can't wait for God to come back. All these folks are crazy. If you have ever felt that way once or twice, said a good amen. Can I tell you, that's why God hasn't come back yet. Listen, he loves people. The rapture hasn't happened yet because there are still people that he's bringing to himself, people that he desires to be saved. Second Peter 3, 9 says, the Lord does not delay as though he were unable to act. And is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is extraordinarily patient towards you. I like that. He didn't say about everybody else. He didn't say about them. He said he's extraordinarily patient towards you. Not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Aren't you glad God is patient with you? With me? With us? He's patient with the world. Part of patience perfect work is helping us to love people like Jesus does. And as a father does as children. I want to remind you this Christmas season that God is love. And one of the things that love is, is patient. Psalms 103.8 in the Amplified says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in compassion and loving kindness. Love is never in a hurry because love is never rushed. Here's the thought that came to me. People can try our patience, but we can never try to be patient. We either are 
or we aren't. If you're trying to be patient, you aren't patient. Here's one of the things that I love. God will test your faith about what you believe. And you'll watch how much he loves you. The Bible says it's the testing of your faith. Really, do you believe what he said? Do you believe that his word is true? He will bring you to a crisis point in your life where you're either learning to believe and love him so that patience will have its perfect work. Here's what I found God doing in people's lives in the body of Christ. He's allowing our faith to be tested in ways that we never thought possible so that we'll begin to live our life patiently. You ever, once you've been through faith crisis, once you've gone through life crisis and God begins to meet you and provide for you and you know and he solidifies for you that instead of being so frustrated, impatient with your life, you've become patient with the things that God's doing. Once he does that in you, you'll begin to do that with other, with other people. It's a marvelous thing that God does. I believe that God's teaching us to love people the way that he loves us. How many of you are thankful that he loves you? And when you went through your crisis of faith, while your faith was being tested, while you were figuring out what you believed and you didn't believe, while you were waiting on God and learning to trust him to come through, you found out that he was patient with you. And once you realize that he's done that for you, we begin to do that for others. Touch someone real quick and tell them, I'm going to be patient with you. Robert, tell that to your, your fiance, and Jewel, you tell that to Robert, because you're about to get married. You're going to need that patience. Glory to God. All right, I want you to, if you're taking notes, mark this down. One of the reasons that we're so impatient is because of, our, because of our procrastination. I found that many people are living in patience because they leave no margin in their life. But patient people have the luxury of time. They leave early so they can be early. Listen, how many of you found that errors happen, delays happen, they're a part of life? And when we're running late, everything and everyone becomes an obstacle instead of an opportunity. And while it's good to know that you can work well under pressure, we work better and more efficiently and with less mistakes when we're not being pressed. Uh, can I just remind some of you in here, procrastination is not a strategy. Good planning is. Come on, someone say a good amen. Start early. When you leave no room for margin, you expect people to make room for you. And I'll tell you, people will be gracious for a while. But soon your lack of mature forethought becomes a problem because it dishonors people's time and their understanding. I love this saying, a lack of preparation on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. And if it does, then we have a problem. Patience helps us to enjoy the promises of God. Hebrews 10, 36, the Amplified says this, for you have need of patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising so that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. People often throw in the towel and quit when they don't see results as quickly as they want. What I found is this, it's amazing how short-lived 
some people's faith really is. If their prayers for healing aren't immediately answered, they allow their flesh to convince them that it's God's will for them to be sick. Can I tell you, God wants you to be healed. How many of you believe we serve a God of healing? I want to tell you I'm excited. Some of you know Pastor John. Some of you don't. But John is a young man I helped train who is currently paralyzed. He has been for going on eight years now. He's kept alive through a breathing machine, and he's still preaching the gospel. He just wrote me yesterday. He said, Pastor, I just finished my book on divine healing. It's at the publishers. And I can't wait to let people know that I believe we serve a God who heals. This guy is in a wheelchair. Listen, you've seen him come here and preach. He'll probably be here again this summer. People say, why do you let him preach? Because that young man has more faith than I've ever seen and most people who God has brought them through things. He's still living and preaching and teaching what the word of God says, even while he's waiting for the promise to be fulfilled in his life. Can I tell you, we still serve a God who heals. We still serve a God who saves. And just because you have to wait doesn't mean that God is late. He's always right on time. The truth is that many people want quick answers to problems that probably took time to develop. But patience teaches us we need to give our faith time to work. Remember that faith and patience are partners. And we need to receive both of the promises of God. The Bible says in Hebrews, so that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. I want to remind you that God desires us to receive and enjoy the promises over our life. And to get them, we must be patient. The Greek word for patience means to be steadfast, consistent, unwavering, unflinching, and I like to add to it calm. It's the attitude that says, I don't care how heavy the load gets or how much pressure I'm under, I'm not budging an inch. This is my spot, I'm trusting God, and I'm telling you right now there isn't enough pressure in the whole world to make me move or to give up and to stop trusting the Lord. It's an attitude that says, I'm gonna hold on and hold out and outlast everything the enemy throws at me. Remember this, patience is actually determination. In the military sense, It pictures soldiers who were ordered to maintain their positions even in the face of fierce combat. Their order was to stand their ground and to defend what had been gained. And to keep that ground, they had to be courageous and do what was required of them, no matter how hard or difficult the assignment. And their goal was to see, one, that they survived the attack and that they held the position until they outlived and outlasted every bit of resistance. In the Bible, those soldiers had to indefinitely and defiantly stick it out until the enemy realized they couldn't be beaten and decided to retreat and go elsewhere. Can I remind you that you are a soldier in the army of God? And if you haven't done well in the past, standing firm in your faith, don't be condemned today. Just receive the encouragement this morning from God and get up and go again and wait on him. To experience a breakthrough regarding a difficult situation or a trap that you've struggled with for so long, you must be bold. And you must stand in faith 
And you must stand still and watch God. It may take time for your answer to come, but just because your request is in accordance with God's will doesn't mean that your answer will come quickly. You may need to wait. Touch someone next to you and say, sometimes you just gotta wait. But I want to remind you, you are not waiting on God. I mean, you're not waiting on a person. You're not waiting on a situation. You're waiting on the Lord. And how many of you know if you are focusing on God and waiting on the Lord, then you are in a good place? I want you to mark this down, a last thought this morning. It is out of impatience, listen, that many Ishmaels are born. It's out of impatience that any Ishmaels are born. How many of you know the story of Abraham and Hagar? Sarah wasn't getting pregnant, and both of them were getting older. So, Abraham, so Sarah looked at Abraham, and he told her to take Hagar as a wife and to have a child. Listen, I want to remind you today that impatience is not something that is only experienced by the young. Abraham was 86 when he had a child named Ishmael. Listen to me, Ishmael was not a child of promise. He was a product of the will of man, not of the will of God. In Genesis 16, one through three, it says, now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abraham, see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain a child by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai, and then Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, to be his wife. And after Abraham had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan. I want you to notice this. God was nowhere in their conversation. They were impatient waiting on God. And so they began to talk together. Husbands and wives, can I just tell you, one of the things you can do for each other that is so, such a faithful thing is to help one another stay in what God has promised and not allow yourselves to come up with your own answers. You ever done that? You ever had conversations with your husband and wife and go, it just seems like God's not moving right now. Maybe if we do this. Maybe if we do that. Maybe if we take things in our own hands, we can make it work. Listen, the temptation is always there when it seems like God is taking a long time to step out and make things happen. Can I tell you, listen, if you try to make things happen on your own, you're going to wind up with something you really didn't expect. Abraham had been obedient to God all his life. He had left his land. He was living in the land that God promised to him and his descendants And listen, just so you know, Abraham's descendants are still living there today. Both the descendants of Isaac and the descendants of Ishmael. They're still in the land right now. And it is possible, while living out the promises of God for our life, that we can grow impatient for the rest of God's promises over our lives. How many of you have seen God be faithful in your life? How many of you still are waiting for God to do some things he's promised you? Listen, you've got to wait for the rest. And when you rest and wait on the Lord, the rest will come. 
For a short while, Abraham and Sarah were willing to settle for what they could create instead of waiting for the miracle that God would make. And we can be like that. We never need to force the promises of God in our own strength. And when we do, we often create long-lasting problems that were never a part of the promise. Genesis 16, 12 says, this son of yours, talking about Ishmael, will be a wild man, as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. And listen, today, the descendants of Ishmael are still in constant hostility with the descendants of Isaac. Today, the Arab nations still have open hostility towards Jews and Christians. And if Abraham and Sarah had just been patient, centuries of bloodshed and hardship could have been avoided. Before I close, I want you to think about this. The results of becoming impatient and frustrated with the wait will find us looking for shortcuts and loopholes that lead to something that ends up being our own creation instead of God's promise. Listen, being in a hurry often leads to us missing out on God's best because we don't take time to include him in our plans. Some time ago, Don and I were dealing with some things in ministry, and there were some things that had been brought to us, and Don looked at me, and she said, what are you going to do? I said, I just think I'm going to, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And she looked at me, and she said, did God tell you to do it? I said, no, but I'm tired of waiting. She said, great, so you're going to bring disobedience into our marriage. You've never done that before. And I went... Oh, how many of you are thankful for your spouse? Now that hurt, but she was right. She pulled me up short. I can tell you that in our lifetime of serving God, we've depended and waited on him for everything. And listen, every single time, God comes through. Can I tell you, it's worth the wait. But he'll test your faith. And what I found in the Lord is, The more that God will use you, the more you ask God to work through you, the more he'll allow your faith to be tested so that you'll learn to be patient. Because if you're in a hurry before the promise is there, you're gonna just keep on hurrying through the promise and you're never gonna get to enjoy the thing that God gave you. Can I tell you, if you'll enjoy the wait, you're gonna enjoy the promise even more. I gotta tell you, it's a marvelous thing. I remember as my kids were growing up, I was kind of in a hurry for them to grow up. How many of you ever been there? And then all of a sudden they grow up and they're gone. Now I'm watching my grandchildren. They're worth the wait. Now on this side of parenting, we understand. I'm looking at my my sons and going, hey, I understand that you know, this time is a little bit rough and you just want to get through it, but you'll never have it again. And if you hurry through it, you'll miss out on the good. Even when they're yelling in the middle of the night and they don't know what to do. Listen, I want to tell you, in the midst of this season, halt the hurry in your life. 
Learn to enjoy. The truth is being in a hurry often leads us to missing out on God's best because we didn't take the time to just enjoy the season we're in. Can I remind you that God still gave Abraham and Sarah their child? He still gave them their promise. And it was in his time. Now watch this. It was 13 years after their Ishmael. Patience is a virtue. Touch someone next to you and tell them patience is a virtue. If you believe that's true, would you stand with me this morning? Praise God. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, I just want to encourage you this morning, you serve a faithful God. Can I ask you, what are you waiting on the Lord for? What has God placed in your heart? What promise has he given you? What is it in your life that you've been trusting him for? And right now you're in a season of waiting. Don't rush through this season. Learn to enjoy the wait. Learn to enjoy the beauty. If you're dealing with that hurry, would you just lift your hand this morning? God, I've just been struggling. I'm in a rush for things to happen. (laughs) Lord, we thank you this morning that you're good. We sang about that, how good is he? You're amazing. Thank you, Lord, for how patient you are with us. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness over us. Lord, I pray this morning that this word would be something powerful that would translate into our lives from this day on. Today, Lord, we just stop. I pray, Lord, that you'd teach us to move forward at your pace, not ours. That when it's time to move quickly, we will. But Lord, I pray right now for those that are waiting on your promises that you would come and bring them encouragement this morning. For those that are watching us live through Facebook, Lord, those that are gonna join us later in the week, or I pray right now that God, you'd speak so powerfully your calm, your wisdom. In a season where the world just piles on more and more. Today we choose to learn that you help us to mature in patience. God, I pray that you would help us to love people like you do. To be patient with them the way that you've been patient with us. Lord, there's some in here this morning that have grown impatient with themselves. Why can't I get it? Why can't I learn it? What's wrong with me? Well, Father, I thank you that their faith is being challenged. You created them. You love them. You're for them. And I pray that that battle would be ended today in the name of Jesus. The calm and care of God is being spoken over their life right now in a powerful way. In everything. In every area. I pray that, God, we would not see people as interruptions during this Christmas season or obstacles, 
but Lord, opportunities to show them your love. That Lord, it would be amazing that we could still be on the journey and stop and wait long enough to allow others to catch up and be a part of it. You've been faithful. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for husbands and wives this morning. God, that like Abraham and Sarah, instead of getting ahead of God, they would just trust you for the promise. And I pray your blessing over their families. Thank you, Lord, that it will be a great season for them, even if the late wait is a little bit long. Help them to enjoy it for your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Listen, I encourage you to go out, just love people, be patient with people.